my sister and I, we would have made like decisions for ourselves before. Now we make decisions for the family as a whole. Those two weeks that she was hospitalized, I was in in a certain sense a manager of the family, right? Yeah, that was a very special conversation for me. We had a lot of deep stories and also unfolding about each of us' character. So the three of us, Kay, Mahi, and I sat down for story sharing about how we entered officially into adulthood, how this transition let us play new roles in the family, and how each of us was longing for in different way for childhood again at times. So if you are interested in this week's topics and conversations, Do listen on. You're listening to the second season of a mindfulness podcast. This is a podcast series where we sit down to have conversations that deepen the relationships we have with ourselves and with the people around us. Each week, new conversations, new insights, new learnings about family. Ah, hello, hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for tuning in again to a mindfulness podcast season two on family. And with me today again, and we have Mahi and we have Kay, my two close friends. And in last week's episode, we talked about something very interesting about the way we inherited certain personality traits from our family members. And sometimes we did not like certain trait, and we thought we're never gonna be having it within ourselves. But it turned out that we did have it when we became adults, and we started reflecting on those stories. But at the same time, we also talk about how you know entering adulthood like this also gave us new perspectives about how we was raised by our parents, and the same process like learning to become more empathetic and compassionate to our. Um, adult members of the family, since now we are also adults, and so for this episode, um, it's it's got me into a very curious and and interesting route for right now that I really want to explore, and for us to share some more stories on how we enter adulthood, and now for all three of us, then we are like young and independent adults. <laughs> We are in different parts of the world, and we are on our way to make and construct, live the life that we desire, that we hope and we dream for. And so, in the same process, then for me, I reflected on how it all started, like how this concepts of adulthood enter our mind and our experience. And so, the first question that I would like to bring in for the conversation today would be. You know, we have been adults for quite some time now, for several years. What, what was the first time you realized officially that, oh my God, I am an adult now? <laughs> I just want to put this question out here and see what stories came up for both you, um, Kay and Mahi. So I think I'd like to go first and say that. Um, maybe the first time that I realized that I was an adult is—it's very silly. But in India, when you're in a dorm, uh, you're not supposed to go out after 10. You have like a certain curfew, 
or um, especially since I was in a residential school uh, in a dormitory before coming to Japan and attending a, my undergrad, uh, we had like, you know, we were kind of monitored to a large degree and our school was always making sure that everybody was at home by a certain time you know you, dinner time doesn't exceed sometime if even if you have like a certain leeway to hang out with your friends it's only till a certain time limit right so um when i came to japan and i you know i had i joined the dormitory there there was no time limit you know you could go out when you want to you could come back when you want to and then there was this certain sense of freedom that came with it and also some sense of like fear like am I doing the wrong thing by staying up so late in somebody else's room it's like my RA going to come and scold me like like how my dormitory warden scolded me so that's when I'm like huh I think I think this is the next step in life I'm actually an adult and I can make decisions for my own so that was just a small you know primer into adulthood but the real quest of adulthood started when I had to find my apartment so I think uh, we had a year of staying in the dorm after which we had to move downtown and uh, downtown as in like to the city, you know, outside the dorm. So it was um, a bit of a hassle trying to find a good home that was cost effective, that was close to a bus stop, that was close to, you know, a supermarket or at least a convenience store and that had people around that wasn't a shady area. And there were so many things to consider and the whole search for it and like signing contracts and like, you know, asking, um, you know, if uh, the, the uh, it's called Fudo-san, I'm not sure what it's called in English, asking the people, um, you know, uh, especially the house owners, you know, how to, negotiate with them about certain things and also like you know doing all the calculations by yourself it was very tedious and to actually sit down and figure the whole thing out I'm like ha huh, I think I'm finally adulting now so especially when I finally did sign the contract and found a really nice apartment for myself I felt this great sense of achievement but at the same time it was such a tiring process on the whole so I think that was when it you know the whole quest of adulthood really started for me yeah so that I think these two are like the main you know uh, points in my life when I realized hey yes I'm an adult I guess I guess I don't know <laughs> so yeah that's all from my end I, uh, Mahi just mentioned about uh, like feeling like an adult when she studied abroad in Japan but for me because um, I graduated high school at 15 and I went to university in Myanmar and got a bachelor's before I came for came to Japan for another bachelor's degree. So for me, after high school, when I started university back in Myanmar, there was a sort of like transitioning into an adult. Um, even though I understand that in a lot of countries, you finish high school at 18. But it was because of the education system in Myanmar. So I started university around 15. And that's when I felt like, oh, I'm an adult now. I'm a university student now. And I started doing a part-time tutoring and I started earning my own, how can I say, little income. So I felt that, you know, oh, this is what adulting is like. I thought I was adulting. But then I was staying at home and uh, I would go to university. I would come back home. 
So it was like a quasi adulthood. So when I am 19 and I remember this memory, when I'm 19 and I was at uh, coming to Japan for the first time, which is my uh, the first time I will be away from home and starting a life on my own. So I remember at the airport, I have always been a independent person, I would say. So I don't usually feel like, oh, I miss home. Like I'm scared of um, starting my own life. I didn't used to have those kinds of fears. So I was like, okay, at the airport saying bye to my parents and all that. Like, I'm fine. Like <laughs> I didn't feel anything yet. And then when I uh, passed through the uh, all the check-ins and everything, and it became like that point, that departure hall where my mom and dad cannot um, go with me anymore. And it's like, so I said bye to them and I was still fine. And then I uh, left them. And then as I walked further to the, you know, to the gate, and then they were behind standing behind and waving to me and then it all hit me like oh my god now I can you know before I can choose to be independent but I know that they'll be there but now it's like it feels like oh my god I don't have no choice anymore I don't have a choice anymore I can't just like uh go back home and like call them up and like hey I need help I can't do that because they are miles uh between us now so I think that's when it hit me. And then like when I got on the plane and then the next day I arrived in Japan in early morning and then there were all these like uh, Japanese people and then like all these like signs in, you know, like being in a foreign land. And I thought, okay, this is what real adulting is. <laughs> I told myself, you thought you were adulting before. <laughs> no, this is the real adulting. So I think that was kind of a moment um, that stays in my memory about transitioning into adulthood. And um, another thing is it's not a very um, particular memory, but when, you know, I feel like I am an adult, when I start to not um, share some of the challenges that I'm facing, uh, you know, away from home because I don't want to worry my parents. I start to think more about, you know, okay, how... Uh, they will just worry. Let me, I can handle this on my own. So I think those are the moments that make me feel like, ah, okay, <laughs> this is me adulting. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, it brought your, your two stories, like brought a lot of like different moments for me um, about like entering adulthood in that sense. And I also recognize one thing that like, there's no, there's no like this, a very sharp and clear boundary between like oh being a kid being a, a son a daughter in the family and now being an adult i feel like there's some like gray zone in between where we enter and then slowly and slowly we are like going farther apart but i also really um resonated and touched by the moments in which like we really realize deeply that Oh, now that relationship that we took for granted, the nest of family that we have always been situated in, the love that we and the warmth that we have been receiving 
is now no longer there around us. And we are completely exchanged in a like foreign land. And I think yeah, that's what I share the most as well. Like the moment I enter like the airport, I think I still remember the first moment I got out of the airplane in Japan. Like right before we got on the bus, my moment is when I, I got out of the airplane and into the launch. I realized now that, oh, now I'm officially standing independently and alone on my two feet. And these are like very different feelings because like being an adult in a home country or being near to our house is a very different feeling, I have to say. And now being in a completely different country and have to make so many different decisions by ourselves. I still remember when Mahi, when you talked about this freedom of choices that we had, still remember, I still remember so strongly and deeply about the satisfaction of going into the home center to buy furnitures or going into the going into the secondhand store and you look at all these different clothing that are that are hung right there and you kind of thought to yourself oh i could be this person if i like put on this kind of clothing i would never have this chance before and now i have it so the sense of freedom that came with adulthood is also something I really want to like cherish right now. And at the same time, like the difficulty and the responsibility that started to creep in when we started living more. <laughs> the different choices that we make, the different decisions, like not just with um, housing departments, but at the same time with our old time, how do we want to spend it? And also with the circle and the network that we have to make by ourselves who is coming into our life those are like for me the things that are both new and challenging and at the same time like the different worries that came along with not having adults to decide things for you and so what i really curious right now is like following up on all the stories that you two just shared are there any moments or any stories that came to your mind right now in which you find like things are so challenging that you wanted to become a kid again and that you were so longing for your childhood. So I think one significant moment for me when I realized that I just want to be a kid again, I don't want to be an adult anymore was when I first fell sick, um, sick as in sick enough to be bedridden when I was in my undergrad, um, I uh, it was the influenza season at that time in, in our university. Every winter, there's a season of influenza and people end up catching the fever. And so I was one of those victims. And I, as well as my neighbor, um, uh, one of my seniors was a neighbor of mine. And we'd usually try to take care of each other. She was also sick. And I was also sick, so there was no way that we could take care of each other. And the trouble of having to get up, cook for yourself and, you know, prepare meals when you're so sick that you just want to sleep 
and like you know get uh, make sure that you're taking the medicines take yourself to the doctor so that you can get yourself checked at that time i'm like i want my mom i just want her to be there by my side and give me my hot rasam soup you know rasam is a very very nice peppery soup that they make in tamil nadu where i am from so i just want my mom to make me nice rasam and you know some you know sometimes you know you kind of just long for somebody to feed you you don't even want to take the effort of holding the spoon so it's it's when i'm sick it it, it was that time when i was sick that i really wanted to return back and curl into being a baby again but uh, alas uh, i recovered and <laughs> i guess i was fine but i definitely want don't want to get sick when i'm away from family that's something that i i i despise for me um your question about when is a moment that you longed for childhood mm, i think it was when my parents came to japan for my graduation so i took them around japan so i had a travel uh with them to different um cities in japan and uh interestingly that's the moment that came to me that i longed for childhood uh the reason being that when i see them and when i travel with them it kind of made me realize how i have while i am busy growing up they have been growing older too and i start to notice after staying away from them for about 4 years then uh like just going back once a year then um i start to realize in this long trip that oh okay i start to notice the little ways in which they have changed as well for example um when i traveled with them in my childhood they were the ones who were taking care of me and they were still like young and alert and like they can go to different places take us different places now that they are older like um i noticed like my mom for example uh getting tired after walking for a while so we we have to like kind of like rest or like it's different i don't know how to explain this but i'm sure you guys have felt that as well so when i see that and then okay things are not the same as they were before so that makes me kind of want to go back to childhood where they are still like young healthy versions of themselves and then like we can like climb hike up a long mountain hike up a high tall mountain or like do different things that i feel like they are some things that i can not easily do with them anymore so for example going hiking or like walk taking long walks like uh, that's something that's becoming more and more difficult as um time goes on so yeah yeah it 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 also brought me to a you know a place of so many different emotions and at the same time kind of recognizing how childhood to us i think for it limits to the conversation of us three though i cannot really 
you know, say it for a lot of other people, but for us right now, then I think childhood represents and symbolizes worry-free. It's something that is so pure and innocent. I I love the feeling of just you know, like looking at the window when when it was raining, and then I was just feeling so free to write, and read books and listening to music, and there's not so many things to worry about at all, and things are happening like ordinary life. And my my mom would be cooking, and then my younger sister would be uh, studying, and my dad would just be like waiting in the living room, and and every weekend, then we would be having this special meal together with the whole family, or sometimes we, uh, we would visit our grandparents as well and enjoy with our uh, aunt's family, and we have a big meal together. Yeah, so. Longing for childhood is longing for that, like worry-free, like time period. And at the same time, I think there's also a hidden wish for time to freeze. In that sense, like, can we keep relishing this moment in time when things are still beautiful and untouched? And now we are being faced with the fact that time actually flows, time changes, people change in different ways. Um, appearance changes, and there's also signals of like aging. I think Mahi also mentioned the topic that we wanted to bring into the space as well, like aging in our parents. And for me, I think um, the moment that I long for adults the most is like coupled with aging is also loss. In there, when I lost my mom, and I think that was a time I, I used to be a person who. Was very proud of my independence, though, in the sense that even when I was sick, you know, I wanted to be strong, and I knew that oh, I I could get myself up and I could get healthy again, and um, my mom would be proud of me in that sense. I don't want to worry her. I have been doing well in that, but when she passed away, that was a time that I realized, oh, this is how adulthood is tragic. Because sooner or later, there's this thing that I have been like worried to sick, like deep inside myself when I was a kid. I have this like lurking fear that something might happen, loss eventually will happen. But when will it be? And now it suddenly happened to me, and I could not believe it. And then that's when I long for childhood again. It's like it, this exact image just kept coming back to me. The time was when I would just. Um, I I already um, graduated from my master, and then I returned to uh, Vietnam uh, for a very quick break, and I I was like just sleeping, napping on the bed, and she was there. She was there, and she was just sitting next to me, and I was just sleeping, not noticing that she was there at all, and she was just there and looking at me and just being there. And then suddenly I woke up, and then I realized, oh, she was there, and and we just stay in silence like that. But I miss that like that warm feeling that was there, and for me, that also represents childhood. That sensations, that feeling that kept that was kept intact between like parents and sons and daughters, like family love in that sense. And so that was a time that I long for childhood the most. 
And that was also, I think, the, the, the biggest turning point for me into adulthood and into thinking about like, okay, now as a full adult, I cannot turn back anymore. What is my responsibility here? What is my role, my new role in the family? Yeah. So I, I think for the remaining 10 minutes that we have in the conversation right here, I, I want to bring this keyword in here, like based on all the story that we have shared with each other right now, we enter adulthood and we are now adults. What, what are the new roles that we are taking on right now in the family? And, and how are these new roles like having an impact on the way we perceive ourselves and our family? I think before I go into my reflection, I'd like to, you know, acknowledge that I really liked how Nam defined childhood, that it's not just, you know, that time when we were children, but also in these little moments that we can savor forever, that are locked forever in our memory. Very, uh, I mean, I've been contemplating um, the meaning of home and somewhere I think even the meaning of childhood is kind of close you know home is not a real space just as childhood is not necessarily just a certain time it encompasses something very you know something that we can never that can never be taken away from us a very nice safe place and I really I found that very beautiful and it gave a beautiful image in my mind but yeah talking about roles I suppose as a um, when I was a child and uh, when I lost my grandfather at that time, my role in the family was very different. I was the little kid who just hid beneath the sofa while the adults around were like either crying or making arrangements for you know everybody to come sit and like um, give their last pay their last respect to my grandfather and I was just like cover, covering and trying to handle my own grief and trying not to cry but uh, recently um, the past year like uh, my grandmother went into she um, she had a sudden heart attack that kind of weakened her and very quickly she passed away but those two weeks that she was hospitalized I was in, in a certain sense, a manager of the family, right? Um, my mother and her emotions, my father and his emotions, and my uncle who also came and his emotions. So while I kind of managed the house, you know, the cooking and the washing, the cleaning the house, I also was communicating with them and mediating uh, their feelings and, you know, helping everybody come to the same page regarding certain decisions. So especially between my parents, like I think um, during this tough time, uh, you know, tensions are high and I feel there were times when like there was a lot of, you know, things, um, you know, just came up and I think they got into some misunderstandings here and there where I, I had to this time not cover my, you know, cover under the chair and, you know, pretend like I don't exist. I had to actively listen to both of them and try to mediate what they are trying to say in in you know make more sense of their words so that you know the the emotions aren't overriding and then the fact of the matter is seen 
So to some degree, like I understood that I had to be much more of a mediator of my family and glue everybody together during this tough time. So it's it's uh, also making sense of death uh, is something that you know we faced the last year, and uh, I had to like sit down and talk about this with uh, especially my mother. and make sense of that moment and you know rid her of any sort of guilt that she had and rid myself of any sort of guilt that i had and you know eventually uh, you know find it in us to um, forgive ourselves as well so i think that's something that i learned especially as an adult in this especially last year during this very turbulent time so I guess at the end of the day, what kind of a role do I play in my family? Is I suppose a mediator, a certain a diplomat. Uh, sounds too official, but I suppose a, a glue of some sort. Yeah, I guess that's who I am in my family. I I really love the way you know you Mahi you showed resilience to your story, and. I I really admire that effort though you know being in the midst of that so much complexity surrounding things that you know as a kid we naturally would like hit away from but being an adult I mean facing things that can be really discomforting and I feel like oh that's a perk of being an adult <laughs> having to step up in roles that we are not like like born and taught to do but like cultivating that resilience and that courage to do so at the same time keeping at heart like the vision of how we want the family to be and then how do we want to express that love i feel like not everyone is able to be be that clear though you know about what kind of love we want to give to the whole family and how do we want to glue that together and especially you know thinking about how becoming an also an adult means that we have to host space for adults who are who used to be the caretaker of us who used to be the one who listened to us and now we are taking the step to be the one listening to them and and, and just thinking about that I was thinking about my my dad I after uh, my mom passing away and my sister as well I think I haven't um I haven't been able to do all the things that I imagined myself could do but i'm stepping into roles that i have to listen to like listen and understand deeply that there are pains there are pains in my dad and in my younger sister too and especially with my dad and with the history um the majority of which i might not know i have to like unfold that or just like learning to be present with enough compassion and not being triggered by his pain or sometimes if he acted in a certain way that like trigger me back that at least I could hold on to that like compassion right there understanding that there are things I don't understand and he wants a space to be listened to and I want to be that role for him and also I want to be that role for my sister and so for me the role that I I took on, I learned to take on, and I took the courage to be is the role of a listener, and also the role of the like the encourager. 
I want to encourage them to share or just just go for what what they feel they like or they want to do. Yeah. To me, it's very interesting because all three of us have hold different positions in our family. So for Mahi, you're the only child, right? So I understand how the your sharings are related to your position as an only child. And for Nam, you're the oldest sibling. You're the big brother. So I can see where you're coming from as well. So for me, I find it a bit difficult to see the change in my role in a sense because I'm the youngest in the family still is so I have my older sister to look up to and as we grow older she's still someone I look up to and she's still someone who make the who's sort of like the if our family were a team she's like the now stepping into the you know the leader position and I'm sort of like uh her right hand <laughs> like a co-leader in a sense uh before I we were we were team members and my mom and dad were like you know in leadership positions but now like they're sort of like now we have stepped into these leading positions and whereas compared to when we were young we my parents would encourage us to make decisions for our own future right for your life for your future that you can study what you want, do the jobs that you want. But now that um, we are in a role where we have to look after our uh, parents now that they're older, so I think when, whereas we, my sister and I, we would have made like decisions for ourselves before, now we make decisions for the family as a whole. So we think about, oh, okay, so who will be looking after our parents, right? So there's always that um, thought that informs the decisions and the choices that we make. So in a sense, I think uh, both her and I have stepped up in that sense. And But still, I still feel like the youngest in the family. <laughs> and that, I cannot shake it off. I don't feel like I've grown in that sense. <laughs> and um but one thing is as as I got get older, the I feel like I have more weight in the thing that I things that I say. So they they uh before it was just like I'm just a child, right? And I'm the youngest. So I don't I don't really have a say in um serious conversations but now they listen to me and uh, they respect my opinions and they kind of like involve me in the decision making process and everything so I feel like in a way <laughs> I have a more important role in the family and that makes me feel more responsible in a sense yeah so I guess um, the role that I see now in this circumstance in this time period is that I see myself as a supporter like a of my sister who's the leader so I'm like a co-leader in that sense so I'm still in a supportive role instead of like taking a leadership role for the family so yeah
Hmm. I really like the analogy of like looking at the whole family as a team as well, and I think maybe that's also um one special feature of being an adult. We grow up and then we realize that oh now like we think about family as a collective. And then, which role we are playing right now? Whereas when we are a kid, then we don't really think about it. What role are we playing in here? And now suddenly we start asking ourselves, what do we offer to the family? What do we bring to the family? What is important for the whole family? And start thinking about what would be the future of the family as well. Like, of course, together with our own future as well. I think that 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 extra, that duty. Sometimes it can turn into a burden, but at the same time, sometimes for for me, it's also a a calling and a reminder that I have responsibility, and this responsibility is important because I, as an adult, I support people who have been supporting me their whole life. At the same time, I also have someone that I I want to support. So that they can also like step up strongly on their future path, and so what I really appreciate is how our different family dynamics really play such an important condition in how we also form our roles in here. At the same time, there are so many different ways, like colorful ways of entering adulthood for all of us. At the same time, like learning about a very shared things together. About this period of our life and how we are going to continue becoming and learning about adulting, in that sense, and so yeah, I really appreciate the depth of the story that we have brought together, and also the, I think the the honesty and the sincerity that we have for ourselves as well about where we are now in our family and what do we want to bring to the family as well. And so, um, for our audience who are listening to the mindfulness podcast, um, for and especially for this episode, I hope that like our little story and conversation time bring you something uh, to chew on for, um, yeah, for the upcoming weekend to think about how you're playing a role in your family, how you have changed since you entered officially into adulthood. And of course, for me, then the important question also, like, what vision do you have for your family now? And as we talked, and as we drawing closer to the uh, end of the conversation today, uh, Mahi and Kay also brought a lot of very interesting, like, historical context, family context, country context into um, the conversation today. And that's why exactly I wanted to invite uh, us into the next conversation. So in the next conversation, if you're curious, we are going to explore a little bit more on how you know our different countries' cultures, the way our family culture has been like shaping us, our childhood, and also who we are today. And so uh, before we uh, go, I think I would like to invite uh, Kay and Mahi. If you have any last words or messages you want to send to the our audience, then we can. Um, Say these messages, and we are going to wrap up the conversation today. So I think the message that I'd like to leave the listeners with is firstly, thank you so much for keeping with us so far and listening to us. I think 
what I can really invite you to do at the end of the day is just as Nam said, reflect along with us, um, you know, pretend like you're also a part of this podcast and think about your own answers and your, you know, your own position uh, or role in your family. I think it's an it's a very good uh, exercise to do for yourself as well as uh, you know it's it's a good way of getting in touch with your own family again and seeing how far you've come and how much you've changed and uh, also give yourself a pat on the back for adulting so well so far. I know it's been a very very rough time, uh, especially the past year, and I think uh, we've all held up pretty well so be sure to give yourself a little pat in the back i suppose that's my message for all the listeners i really enjoyed today's conversation and uh, listening to everyone's stories and memories i think usually we don't usually think about these um questions and you know there's no time in our busy lives to just take a pause and reflect on our story. So I think, I hope this, today's episode was a good chance for our listeners to take a pause and reflect on their story so far. And I hope that will help you write your story in the future. Overall, I hope you have a meaningful time listening to this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, with that, everyone, um, I hope that you can take a pause and also uh, give yourself a, a pat on your back for like doing and trying your best so far, becoming a full adult, fuller and fuller every day. <laughs> so with that, uh, we're going to see you in our next week's conversation. Um, have a nice day, wherever you are, or a good night. You've been listening to a Mindfulness Podcast. To follow our weekly updates, subscribe to our channels on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcast distribution channels. If you have any inquiries, questions, or an invitation for collaboration, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, Mindfulness or uh, email welcome at mindful-nest.com. Mindful Nest, the art of togetherness.